Welcome to a football podcast with myself, Christian Jack and Stephen Caldwell. Today we chat about Manchester City's win over Crystal Palace, Liverpool's victory over Chelsea, TFC's back, lo- back line woes in Seattle, the impact finding a way without Piatti, the Whitecaps and their main rival in MLS, VAR, the Champions League quarterfinals. It's a rainy, sunny day here in Toronto. We just finished watching Chelsea Liverpool. Uh, we're streaming the Masters as we yeah, speak. Yeah, sorry if I'm a little bit distant today and keep my mind we're, we're, we're going to have live updates for you. I know you've listened to this now. You already know who's won, but guess what? We don't know yet. Uh, it's raining outside. I hopefully, I keep my voice because I'm sick. Um, playoff time in Toronto. Leafs, Raptors, Shawnee. Uh, how's your games? Are you in the playoffs now? Right yeah, now, we were in the playoffs. How'd you do? You had a bye week last week. Yeah, we uh, we won our first uh, first leg two 0 Nice, Kept a clean sheets. Well done, Sean. Uh, yeah. Good defending. Clean sheets all important for you. Of that course. was yeah, we had the home game. That's right. That's it. <laughs> so we're the yeah. away game next. One. We're excited. I'm getting chirped though because they're like, "Oh, that's gonna miss the podcast." I <laughs> no, no, we have to put it in. It's just as important as the first leg as it was about the quarterfinals. But just like Spurs, <laughs> you won the home leg and kept the clean sheets, so that was important. Um, everything else good, you know. You, you, Raptors, Leafs. So you, you're not invested in well, this much. Or are you well, raps no, as you are, aren't you? No, no, yeah. uh, I'm invested, but you know, we gotta. Okay. It's, it's just another day in Toronto. Yeah, and you're you're. I'm pessimistic to begin with, but you're so. a Game of Thrones guy, are you? <laughs> yes, Game of Thrones. I believe starts does tonight? it tonight. Tonight, can't wait. Yeah, I'm really excited, it, Sean. Yeah, I've never seen a minute of it. So, <laughs> sorry, I, 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 I'm not taking anything away from it. I, I feel your excitement. I'm, I'm more in excited about the IndyCar uh, in Long Beach and, and who's going to win this Masters as, yes. we, as we see Brooks Kepka gets us well. A lot of people uh, love the lead Apologize for the consistent updates of the Masters during the show. <laughs> uh, let's get to it. Um, City beat Palace, uh, Liverpool beat Chelsea. Well, I mean, this is just magnificent things to watch. Let's go with City because as you think chronologically, we'll do, yeah. we'll do these two together. But in the end, this was just a, an absolute cruise, wasn't it, for, for Manchester City in an environment where we thought perhaps it wouldn't be hostile, um, an area in the past that's been a bit of a graveyard for City and yeah. particularly Liverpool. We have to say five years ago to the day when obviously City went to Palace and won Liverpool but lost to Chelsea. It's just a, a, a fixtureless quick, you know, quirk again that they yeah. threw that up. But in the end, there was there was absolutely zero doubt from whistle to whistle that this was not going to be three points for City. Yeah, it was an absolute stroll in the capital, wasn't it, for Manchester City? They just came into Selhurst Park and had their own way for the majority of the match. It was it was too easy at times. I think as I looked over at Pep Guardiola, that was the only thing that I felt KJ. There was a bit of anxiety in his face, not because of the way his side were playing, but just because it was they were that far ahead and it was still only 1-0 yeah. for a long period of the game. Um, dominant, uh, quality all round. De Bruyne was magnificent, played a bit deeper. He was sort of in that quarterback role and spraying passes and, and looking like the De Bruyne of old. I, I thought he was tremendous and his ball for the, the first goal of Raheem Sterling was sublime. Yeah. The, the weight of it. Perfect was, ball. You oh, want to just run onto it. No? It was perfect, wasn't yeah. it? It wasn't too far. It wasn't too short. It just slowed down at the right time when Sterling was getting up and running and getting his speed up. And, and after a, a bad miss with his left foot maybe five, ten minutes before to put it away like that and to get his second with that left foot and it just shows the evolution of the player. To me, Van Dyke's amazing and maybe... Vote. I know voting comes in before the end of the season. Not on ours. We've got top 50. You can, <laughs> yeah. keep, you can keep your voting for a while. Exactly. Yeah, so. so when it comes to player of the year, to me, you know, who wins is really important. But also when you're a creative player, we know Van Dyke's amazing, but 
it's so difficult to score goals and to keep your levels up. Sterling's mm-hmm. just been outstanding. I think he just gets my my award at, at the moment right. for sure. He's yep. just been so good. Left foot finish for the second, I thought was brilliant. Just guided it, looked easier than, than what it was to guide it back in into the side of the, the, the net. And, and up until Milivojevic's free kick, it was just so easy for them I was very disappointed in Palace what about you I yeah, just thought they stood yeah. off I was surprised that Benteke played I feel like something maybe happened between Batshuayi and Hodgson yeah, didn't even bring him on in like at that crucial moment in the second half I I'm watched like- his pre-game on, on one of the his interview with Sky Sports and he, he said I'm playing Benteke because he's one of our players and Batshuayi is on loan and mm. I found it really weird I thought Maybe something had happened behind the scenes. I'm just speculating yeah. here, but to not bring him on as well, I thought it was a strange decision. Then not to bombard the ball forward towards Benteke, play his strengths. They just stood off City. They gave them freedom of the park, and they got well beat for it. Yeah, Liverpool thought that that, that you know they'd exercise the demons of that Benteke era, but yeah. unfortunately <laughs> for them, it carried on for one more day because <laughs> when they needed him, they get once again. Yeah. Um, absolutely utterly useless <laughs> he got said. zero service but no, he but didn't play well at all come on it's runs off the ball it's just it's just I was not, non-existent I was shot by the entire palace side was, they were very very they stood off KJ they gave them far too much respect They've not been good at home all year to be fair no that's true that's that's one yep. area but no I'm with you they weren't great um, but you're right there's an element though is a not of so many opponents playing City this year in the Premier League and that just being the same kind of thing, yeah. theme yeah. it's almost like they don't believe before they hit, they get, take the ball yeah and they're so good they are so good what a team yeah. I mean the way they keep the ball the way they, they rotate and they move and nobody's ever overindulgent on the ball it's one two touch and it moves around and it gets into a wide area and the, maybe the two guys that are, that are allowed or three you could say David Silva as well but the wide guys are then allowed to express themselves and Sani was excellent he was, it was he, he's been sort of out of favour isn't he he's yeah. not really been in the starting 11 for a while and to get the nod today I thought was a big thing and, and he proved his manager right because he was at it he was a Sani that we expect we know mentally he can be a, a little bit off at times but when he's like that he's one of the best wingers in the world and Sterling we've said already the consistency has been remarkable yeah they keep finding different players to step up at that level I thought De Bruyne as you said again it looks back to his best yeah healthy and fit you know after his obviously his long layoff had two significant layoffs this season yeah so really I don't think we've really seen anywhere near the best of him no You're not close um, but now I think we are seeing the best of him I, you know I watched it today and I tweeted a little bit similar to this I remember doing the game when he's very first game and um, when he came on in the first half um, at Sellers Park back in 2015 and it immediately the, the big thing he brought to City was that exit pass in transition immediately was that first pass as soon as he win the ball and go and he, you know his instinct as soon as he win the ball and go and I thought that you know he, that's what he brought to City today wasn't really about that today was, today was a, you yeah. know, it wasn't even about the transitional moments although the third goal was pretty quick yeah. in terms of that but other than that you know it, it was a, a dominant performance I thought maybe this weekend going in that one of these teams would wouldn't win. I just thought if this was maybe yeah. the weekend that it wouldn't. That's not the case. Liverpool also won against Chelsea. I prepared a bunch of notes. My notebook's in the other room. I don't need it. I forget it now. But um, <laughs> not necessarily just for this podcast, but maybe in the future. I did a lot of stuff this week, talk um, researching teams who've won the Premier League that have spent a lot of time be- behind in games. Okay. And if City win this league, I'm pretty sure and comfortable in saying they're going to set a record in terms of the the least amount of games and least amount of minutes they've been behind in the Premier League. That's um, so we'll see and right now history tells me looking at it that the the title winner 
is Liverpool in terms of when what they've had to do and come through deficits. Yeah, many times t- teams have to go through deficits, and I think they've got sixteen points from from losing positions this year. City don't have any. They don't, I think they've got one. Yeah, uh, the Laporte goal against Wolves. So two teams doing things very very differently today. Liverpool didn't go behind, but they weren't great for forty five minutes. An average performance yeah. in the first half, um, but they they were very good in the second half. That being said, I don't think the first half performance was that bad and I don't and I certainly don't think it was edgy and I, I think it might help them the fact that City won yeah. and bear with me here because I just think if City hadn't have won the entire place and the atmosphere would be different tense and I, and, tense. <laughs> and I don't see this everyone's expecting this tension from Liverpool everyone's expecting this anxiety and to go where they've never been before in this shadow of 29 years and we haven't seen that really we see it from the fans and I'm sure there's anxiety every time Liverpool fans watch the game whether it be around the world on your couch or in the yep. stadium at Anfield. But we're not seeing that importantly from the players. And it's almost like, I feel like they're enjoying it. Okay, City have won again. All right, well, they're a point ahead of us. Let's go out and just match them. We know we're as good as them. We'll keep going and keep going. And look, the outcome they want is to win the league. But right now, what they're doing week in, week out, I, I don't see any tension. I, I don't see it either. I, I think it was there maybe five, six games ago. And right. I don't know what's happened inside the changing room or between Klopp and the players, but it's gone. Mm. It's gone and it's been replaced by a determination that we've never seen from two rivals. You know, I I think they understand the greatness of the team they're going up against and they believe in their own greatness. and, and, And let me tell you, they have many players with extreme qualities, but they have this determination to, to make City fight for every single victory and every single point. And, and, and I think that it's, um, to, to reference, you know, the, the first game, who's first, who's second is obviously important because it does have an effect, but I think it affects us more mm. journalists, pundits, analysts. It, it affects us more, KJ, than it does the two teams that are playing because they're so mentally in tune with what their jobs are. I almost think they don't really care. They just know they have to do their own jobs and right. and they're doing that to, to such a level. It's, it was phenomenal to watch. I was very impressed with Liverpool today. Yeah, I know they weren't cutting Chelsea open in the first half and, you know, attacks were maybe breaking down They're at in times. control though, weren't they? Absolute control the entire game. Great point. Couple of breakaways from City where, again, the intensity to defend and get red shirts round about the, the, the player was impressive and to have the control, there was movement, there was real energy in the team and, and you know, they just weren't creating chances against a very well set up defensive side. We saw mm. Chelsea lately being very good at getting numbers behind the ball and frustrating teams and it was the case today for the first half but you just knew that once that breakthrough was going to come if it came from Liverpool they weren't going to relinquish the three points they were going to move on from there and and to come in quick succession with, with two wonderful goals it was amazing yeah I think they know at this time at this point they have so much confidence that they knew going into that game that they could reach a level that, that wasn't possible for this Chelsea group to reach yeah and if they reached that level they'd won the game and that's what they did you know and th- you know eventually as, as a lot of Liverpool games have become it it, it it gathers a way to get there and then there's the ultimate crescendo I think City are a little bit different I think they just come out and a lot of times yeah. they score a lot of early game goals okay game's over Liverpool take a little bit longer to get into the stride it's still, it's still equally as successful yeah. and then they build and build and build and then as soon as they got that one goal we thought okay this next second one needs to come soon yeah. and it did you know and, and the, the second goal for Mo Salah was 
what that needed at that yeah. time. What an incredible goal. I th- I just want to pick up your, your point there before where, you know, that them doing their own jobs and, and yeah. just focusing on that. I think that's very important to see that these two teams know they're better than everybody else. So to me, that's probably a big part of every team talk that Klopp and mm. Guardiola give, you know, go out there. And if we know if we're at our level, we win this game and that's the end of the story. And, and, and so that, confidence and assurance and and key trigger points what it what it takes to be at that level starting the game properly city do it every single game liverpool starting the game on the front foot no anxiety we're seeing that just all the time now from these two guys mm. and it's impressive the second goal was just remarkable we commented when we were watching it you don't normally see him come inside and strike it like that, do right. you? I, I think we were shocked that he went for the power. Yes, he'll come in a bit closer and he'll try the curler, but he often likes to play into Firmino or, or, or Manny if he's came inside and look for that little intricate one-two one, between the lines. But this time, he just saw it open up. He unleashed a ferocious left foot shot, just magnificent strike. Aris Balaga had, had no chance of no. diving for it, but he, he knew from the minute I left Salah's boot, he wasn't going to get to it. And, and what a moment coming on the back of the relief for the first goal to score a goal like that. It was amazing. You just wanted to be there, didn't you? Yeah, for to sure. feel that live in yeah. the stadium. Yeah, I felt like he had a lot of confidence today. It was clearly a guy who'd scored yeah. the week before and his work rate was terrific. Um, you know, all in all, I, th- I thought every player was very good for Liverpool, but you know, you could see that when he cut inside, I don't think he takes that shot if he hadn't scored the week before. You know, I, I feel yeah. like he, he was, he was almost had a, a weight of all lifted off his shoulders again. And he felt like, okay, now we've got the goal. Let's go for it. Yeah. You know, equally the, 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 the first goal was terrific. Henderson involved again, it has to be said getting a, a forward, word about man. him getting forward yeah. a lot more than he has. Klopp's, you know, pursued that over the last few weeks to get him a little bit more heavily involved in the game and I think that's important because you've got today obviously Vinaldum didn't play uh, from the start but when you've got Cater and you've got Fabinho and you've got Milner to come on and do a job you need that extra thrust a little bit from yep. midfield it's clear that Shakiri's not been the man for weeks and weeks now he's just pushed him aside Shakiri's like whatever's gone on there he can't rely on him so he's asked his other players who he can rely on to provide that extra oomph to the front three and and they delivered Firmino was terrific again um, on the run but you know, as we said Sadio Mane man for the moment he continues to get goals and we talk about Sterling with 18 goals 18 goals for Mane now as well yeah remarkable Mane was terrific Firmino I'm glad you mentioned him because I thought he was everywhere I thought he was really important to to the overall energy of the performance and, and of the team but Henderson's a guy that you just have to admire much criticised for what he can't do we're always going on about Henderson he can't do this can't play that kind of pass he's not like this player or that player and what we forget is is the mental strength of the lad, his, his winning mentality, everything he brings from the other side of the game. And it's been a difficult season for him. He's been out in and out of the team. He's a club captain. I've been there myself. I know what that's like, KG. Yeah. You, you never like being left out when you're the club captain because everybody has a little look and, and thinks, well, you know, why are we not playing our captain? It's been like that for Henderson at times. And he was the one from reports that went to Klopp and said, play me further forward, get me in the team. Mm. And credit to him because I think he saw the emergence of Fabinho as, as that, the best line deep yes. field player. And he's looking at it probably going, okay, how am I going to get in this team here? Well, I can actually do a job further forward. I, I watched this lad playing a, a youth cup tie for Sunderland mm. many years ago. He was only a kid and he played wide right then. He was a sort of winger. That's right, yeah. He scored a goal that night at Stadium of Light and, 
we knew he was a great prospect at Sunderland at the time. So, you know, he can and he has played further forward. He doesn't have the skill like other players, but he has the running ability and the grit and the intelligence to get into areas. That's exactly what he did. And then he found a, a perfect ball to Manny at the right time. And uh, just a, a wonderful performance by Liverpool. I, I can't think of a player that, that wasn't at it today again. Alexander-Arnold, the composure, the ability to play the long 60-70 yard crossfield balls to get forward, balls into the box. One of the uh, best right-backs in the world, mate. He really is. He's, he's <laughs> outstanding, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. And he's only going to get better. Only going to get better. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't see a fault in his game. No. Uh, you know, the, the only thing that I, I, I see being a bit of a fault is his, his inexperience and his naivety. So that's going to improve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't need to get quicker. He doesn't need to make better decisions. It's only time. Time can only do that. Exactly. Yeah. So time will make him become this, this, uh, incredible right back if he's not there already and, and, and I know you like him you think he'll play centre mid at times as well yeah. I don't disagree with you he can do about just about anything but I just love his composure he's out there in the field the pressure's high he's a young lad and he's just got his chest out isn't he he just looks like he belongs here he belongs on that level of world football yeah producing your own talent and second to none when it comes to it think yeah. about City they had a problem at right back they spent £50 million on yeah. what they thought was the best English right back at the time well I think Liverpool have got the best English right back now for yeah. me I mean Walker's still done well Walker was excellent he, today he was very well, good today no he's done great he's got a lot of good things and he's he's, he's proven to me a lot more over the last three, two or three seasons yeah. than I thought he had. I thought he, when City bought him, I thought he was an okay yeah. to average. Gen, when I'm talking about, I, I mean, within the world yeah. quality of right packs, I'm not yeah. saying about as a player, um, but yeah, he's been, he has been, and to be fair to him, he was dropped early this season when he had that really poor yeah. performance and he's come back and he's and he's proven, uh, showed a lot of character to Guardiola as well. Yeah, Pep's so. challenged them, hasn't yes, he? Yeah. Like he has Sterling and, and many other players maybe challenging Sani at the moment. You know, yeah. we're not in the inner sanctum, but it looks like he's asking Sani for more. So you're not going to play unless you give me more. And it was a bit like that for Walker, where I felt like he was challenging him no more sloppy mistakes, no more uh, lapses in concentration. Mm. You need to be at this level every single week if you want to be one of the best fullbacks in the world and play for a team like us. And he's done that. I thought he was terrific today. He still has that kind of lax performance in him, unfortunately. But in the main, he's a terrific player and the future's looking very good for England with, with Walker and Trent Alexander-Arnold battling out for right back. Uh, great times ahead, no doubt. I think Tiger Woods has just put one right by the pin. Tiger's there. a leader, mate. Is he winning? He's a leader. Is he I'm winning? Sorry. I can I'm see you getting very distracted and like excited. To you it's here. fine. It's fine. We're here for you, mate. We're here for your obsession with the Masters. We can talk about it if you need to. If you need to interrupt your, your analysis, you're not live on television or anything. You're not calling Perfect. three MLS games. I unless, be watching if it was live on television. You know, you're not calling three MLS games in less than 24 hours oh wait that was the last 48 hours um, uh, before we move on to MLS uh, mark us on hashtag ask AFP and a reminder please send those in anytime we read them all asks can Manchester City really win their next three games Spurs twice and Manchester United obviously Spurs Champions League they lost the first leg uh, 1-0 in the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yeah. play them in the second leg this week and then play them again at home in the first game of the Premier League weekend on Saturday morning here in North America and then followed by the Manchester United on the 24th. Yeah. Look, if they win, if they beat Spurs and Man United in the Premier League, 
we think they're odd. We think they're slight favorites now. Well, we have to, we have yeah, to say of that course. because of the, the because they're going to yeah. have that one game in, in hand. I think if they win them two, it's going to be very difficult to stop them. What do you yeah, think? I, I don't think either of these teams will drop a point. So you think KD. City are going to win? I think City will win with 98 points and, and uh, Liverpool will be second with 97. I think they're that good. Right. And so, uh, yes, obviously these next three games are, are vitally important. I think they'll win all three. I do. I just think they're too good, and 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 Spurs are a great team. Manchester United's a derby. It'll be difficult. They'll be they'll be deep and hard to beat, and the crowd are going to cheer and roar every single tackle and clearance and moment for Manchester United. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great game, but I just don't think that that City will, will slip up personally. Mm, interesting. Yeah, the way they play today, it's hard to argue with that. I think they've got a slip up in them. I still think one one of the five of games they're up. not going to win. I okay. think one of the five games. A reminder, they play, obviously, uh, as we said, those two games, uh, Tottenham at home, Manchester United away. Uh, to follow after that is Burnley away. Um, Leicester at home on on the very first game of Saturday, yeah. the 4th. And then they finish at the Amex against, right now, um, a, just a, dis- a dismal Brighton team who got thumped 5-0 yeah. this weekend. So yeah, if it trouble. gets to the last game of the season um, and they still have won all, every game and it's down to the one game between each yeah. other, there'll be odds-on favourite by then. Of course. Enormous favourites by then. I, I don't think we'll be seeing a uh, an, an enormous slip-up like a QPR or something. So do you, <laughs> you know? think the slip-up will come in, obviously, the, the two next to the hardest game? Potentially. I still think Burnley away is a challenge. Yeah. Leicester at home is a challenge. An early kickoff game yeah. coming off a very difficult Champions League semi-final time as well. So yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of games to, to navigate here. Of course. Um, I did think that, you know, I'm not here to... To, to, to put my own tires I did think they did struggle against Tottenham and they did yeah, I wasn't surprised right. at all yep. and we were both yep. said it we both said it it was a that tough we game. thought that they'd have a yep. tough game um, so yeah um, yeah um, also let's talk about Tottenham uh, Tottenham let's talk about Toronto against Seattle in our other game before we get to some MLS stuff okay. um, one of the games you did this weekend we did the, I did the studio game as well in the end it proved to be the first loss of the season for TFC Seattle Sanders 3 Toronto FC 2 um, two very good goals for TFC yeah the theme here for me is that Toronto FC you're going to have no problem scoring goals all season long similar to last year maybe even better than last year in terms of opening teams up despite I still think a very unbalanced attack mm-hmm. we can get into that if you want as well but they are and, and I know they played one of the best teams in Major League Soccer they're going to struggle to keep these balls out of the net yeah they are going to struggle um, and it, it, I think I said it in the broadcast it's not just about the defenders it's, I think it's about the the entire mentality to defend from from the team and uh, and I see too many guys run off the back of midfielders and um, I was kind of critical of the midfield especially for the third goal uh, and I watched it back KJ and yeah they let the guy go and I was a bit harsh but Mavinga I don't know what he's doing I don't know why he doesn't come over right. he stands in the middle he sees the runners come and, and I know I think like a defender of course because I was a defender and I just don't know why he doesn't come over in that gap. So if I'm Michael Bradley or, or Delgado or Azorio, who I think were closest to the ball as midfielders, I'm asking him, why are you not coming over there? Mm. That being said, if I'm a midfielder, I know Chris Mavinga has lapses in concentration and is prone to, to make defensive errors. So I stay with my runner. And it's that mentality to, to defend and the, the need and the want to defend especially in places like Seattle that I think may make uh, make TFC unstuck that's yeah. the thing you know you go into the Seattle you know that you're purring along as an attack you've shown in the early stages you can hurt this team 
do your job, stay with runners, talk, communicate, make sure you're solid defensively and chances will come. But I still see a team that, yeah, we'll defend, but we really want to attack. Mm. You know, and that, that to me is going to be a problem. It's dangerous, no? Yeah, it's dangerous as they play the better teams. It's dangerous. And it's, it's also, is it not a little naive? Because you've got Pozuelo, you've got Altador. Yeah. And I think you could open up a team anyway. Yeah. So is it not one of those? I'm not, turn, I'm, I don't want to turn them into being something they're not. Greg Vanny's teams is, is never going to be defensively resolute, play in transition, no. play counter-attack, open up the, the game with our top. And he's got an identity there and every credit that he's carved that for himself. But when you've got that amount of pl- that firepower up front, you've got to be able to, I think now the next job of this entire franchise is to, to, is to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be saying this a lot and, and I watch a lot of Major League Soccer Right now, there's a clear MLS 1 and MLS 2. You yeah. know, I love talking yeah, about this. Yeah, you're right, okay, though. Okay, if TFC play an MLS 2 team at home, and they're going to play a lot of them, they're going to be fine, mate. Yeah. They're going to be fine. They're going to stroll through the game. They might give up a mishap. They might have a mistake. They're going to concede. If they play a top half MLS 1 team on the road, they're going to get opened up yeah. significantly. If they play them at home, they could as well. And there's a, there's seven or eight teams out there right now that I think will be challenging. They, yeah. they could challenge them. And if TFC want to become one of those teams, that's the next step for me. I also think that the recruitment has to be questioned. Now, Pozuelo's over the line. You've got it done and, and you've got all the Plaudits, congratulations, you've talked about it enough. Okay. When is this team going to sign a player who can play as an attacking player in a wide area? Yeah. And I'm co- I'm, I'm saying wide area for a reason. This team has never had a, a true winger. And okay, people would say, scream at the radio or no, scream at the podcast, but w- what's a winger anymore? Okay, if you don't want a winger, go get your manager, a proper attacking wide player, and get him yesterday. Yeah. Because Greg Vanny hasn't had one. And I actually feel for Greg a little bit. He came out last year in the press conference and said, we want to play a little bit different. We're going to get a wide players. Yeah. We're going to get more wide players. That's what he wanted, right? What did they do? What have they done so far? Nick DeLeon, where did they play him on the weekend? In the end, they had to play him right back. Yeah. Because they didn't get another right back because your right back's injured. So you've got one right back in the entire squad that you're covering by a midfielder, mm-hmm. right? Richie Larray, okay, comes in. That's not the long-term yeah, solution right to play back, right yeah. back either. So you you one wide player that you bought, you're playing it right back because you haven't got any more cover for him. And then in the second, half when you change shape you're playing your two wide players are Jonathan Azorio and Jay Chapman yeah they're not wide players no so then what do you do you have to bring on Ashton Morgan just to bring width yeah you know and Mor- so do you know what I'm saying they're yeah. still chasing this they're after all chasing. these years yeah nobody- now they got a, I know they're looking to get one and there's you know there's, there's lots of rumors out there but get it Get it done quick because Victor Rodriguez is not a wide player, but he outplayed him, and that's the kind of player you need. Oh, Victor Rodriguez was was terrific. I thought him and Ladero were, were absolutely brilliant for Seattle. But I'm with you. We've been saying, well, not just us, Greg Vanny's been saying for for a year or two that he wants that type of player, and so you, you question why he's not came in. Yeah, I just don't know what the problem is. I mean it's always hard to get quality players and you're trying to fit it into a, a salary budget, but it's exactly the type of player that they need. A Victor Rodriguez, a, a, a really creative wide guy who drifts inside, shows that ability to to um, play between the lines and Pozuelo is, is good at that. He's, he's not a wide guy, he's the number 10, but he is good at drifting between the lines. But they need more and they need someone else and you've just um, laid out the, the issues that they have. You're asking Morrow, who 
has already been tried in that higher position that never really worked. Again, you're asking them to go up there. De Leon is, is um, playing in a fullback position. So you're putting guys in areas that it's not, they're not most natural in. I think it's a big problem. I think that they, um, they, they, they need more creativity in attacking areas. And no disrespect to Marco Delgado, but he's not creative. He's, no. he's a runner. He's a guy who can plug holes and, and get into areas and stretch teams because of his ability to, to get around the field to create space for other people. Yes. If I'm a team in the, you know, one of the top teams in MLS tier one, as you call it, KJ MLS one tier top team, I allow Delgado the space. 100%. I know he's not going to hurt me. I 100%. make sure I've got guys next to Pozuelo. Because he's not a rolled on, is he? No, he's not. And rolled Dan can do both, can't right. he? Yeah. You know? So they're, they're missing that as well. I still think, look, here's what I think. The West is really strong. Mm. So that's great for TFC because yes, they're going to have to go on road trips and play West teams in the, the regular season, but they're not going to play a West team Till potentially the final, right. and the East to me is really average this year. Yep. I think DC have many deficiencies more than TFC. Montreal have many deficiencies more than TFC. I'm, I'm picking the teams here. Red I think Bulls. are going to be decent. Red Bulls are the same. Yeah. Atlanta have had a slow start. Yep. Columbus are pretty consistent. Yep. They may be their strongest challenger, but I think TFC can win the Eastern Conference, right. even with the problems that we've mentioned. And so then you go through a, a, a playoff campaign that you say you could get in an MLS Cup. And then an MLS Cup, I think they're probably going to play a team that are better than them, mm. but it's a one-off game. Of course. And we've saw what can happen in 16 and 17 with MLS Cups when you don't have to be the best team and, and, and lift the trophy at the end of the day. So I think that really works in their favour. But if they want to be in the discussion with LAFC, Seattle, uh, I'm missing the other Kansas one in the West. City. Kansas City. These kind of guys, I think they need to improve. I think they need the wide players and I think they need to change mentality and what it means to defend. Yeah. Really believe that it's just as important to defend as it is to attack. If they do that, they're going to be one of the best teams. Yeah, great points. Uh, two quick things before we get to Shawnee's headlines in a Tiger Woods update. Um, <laughs> TFC, uh, Seattle, two more things I want to talk about quickly. One is on the shape and one is on the goalkeeper. Let's do the shape briefly because we yeah. just talked about the personnel there. He went away from the 3-5-2 at halftime, something he's done consistently, by the way. He's yeah. changing shape at halftime or, um, in, in Greg Vanny. I said on the opening goal that I thought, the opening Seattle goal, that I thought that that with Smith coming forward, De Leon didn't know where to go because Rodriguez is so high. So what he needed is he needed somebody else to come in there. In the end, it was almost like the back four was because the fullbacks were just, it became a back five. Yeah. He needed somebody else in midfield to play ahead with, with Smith because all Seattle did was just bomb on their fullbacks, Smith and Leardam, who were two of their strengths yeah. anyway, and push De Leon and Morrow deeper and deeper. So it didn't work. Yeah. Um, did you think that? And do you think that this three five two? Is, is getting less and less going to be used by TFC? Uh, yes, it'll be less and less used. I don't think Greg Vanny believes in it. I think there's there's many problems with it. He plays it because he wanted to get Simon in the team. It was the wrong choice of formation, in my opinion, against Seattle. Mm. Uh, Lodero and, and, and Rodriguez, who I've mentioned, were brilliant. Morris drifts into that area, becomes a set yeah, of times. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much movement. I would have went 4-3-3. If you go 4-3-3, it's, it's difficult to find the right position for Pozuelo. You need, then need to ask him to play wide. So I, again, I can understand why they didn't do that. But to me, with a, if you're thinking defensively, 
and this seems to be the theme here, you play a formation that combats Seattle's attacking flair, especially away from home. Yeah. And that might seem negative to a lot of people, but that's how I think against one of the best teams, you need to think defensively first. Pick a formation for that. I wouldn't have picked uh, 3-5-2, 3-6-1, whatever you want to call it, because mm. Pasuelo was deeper than, than Jose Altador. Um, and it didn't work. And then he changes it. But, it was still like putting guys into areas, wasn't it? Where yeah, because then you naturally. got Azorio, Azorio and Chapman yeah. trying to bring some width and it just didn't work. No, it didn't work at all. Chapman could go on the ball. He's not a wide player. Felt for him a little bit. Azorio ends up, uh, you know, he was drifting inside too much. So, so the moral solution came when he had to play wider. Yeah, I, I think that... Um, I think that the formation is is a problem. I, I don't like the, the chopping and changing. Modern football... You drift between formations. I get it, but I think when you're going from wholesale changes three five two three four two one to four five one four mm. four two, I just think it's there's too much confusion there. And and no disrespect to MLS standard players, but it's different if you ask a city to go from that kind of fluid formation. They yep. guys can play everywhere. They know it. I think simple is better for a lot of MLS teams and with TFC I think they should pin down their formation 4-2-3-1 seems to be the one and stick to it and work and work and work at that and become really good at that so that when you're playing other teams they think oh how do we combat this formation of TFC yeah like Columbus have an identity yeah. in, that, in that system it's consistent they know we know every time they're going to play that system and your players start to know and get comfortable in those positions I actually feel sorry for Azorio a little bit because he's. I think he's played in three different positions already inside this season Yeah, and I still don't think that they're, finding the, they're necessarily finding the best out of him and they need to make a decision they need to make a decision because that winger's coming Yeah. so where do you play him you know and that's interesting one um, the other decision they need to make is in goal Steve P asks on hashtag ask AFP is Alex Bono's confidence shot now that Vestberg got a game. Um, can't speak for knowing what Alex's confidence is. I'm sure it was a blow. I'm sure he didn't expect it. We um, saw this coming because he's played Clint Irwin there in Seattle two yeah. years ago. He likes to play his backup goalkeepers in West Coast games sometimes. We asked Greg Vanny this very question about whether it was a long-term and he didn't necessarily commit either way. He just said, we want to give Q, as he called him, Quinton Westberg, yeah. an opportunity to play. I can understand that. Um, he felt like it was a West Coast game. So I guess the biggest question of all if we're trying to think about this is Friday night Minnesota who's in goal good question that's the big question is and it I, not I don't think it, we can answer it if we were in say Greg Vanny's head at the moment I think he's still maybe debating who yeah, that is I think he might be debating I think well. Westberg was was pretty solid I thought he should have did better for Roldan's goal the third goal um, being really critical he could have stayed up a bit taller but Great with the ball at his feet. Pretty consistent, wasn't he, KJ? Was good distribution, yeah. Looked good. Couple of saves you would expect him to make, but he held on to the ball and looks like he's a guy with a lot of confidence. And I don't know about Alex's confidence being shot, but it's definitely low. It has to be lowered. Yeah. Does it low, not? Yeah. Well, it depends how he's meshed. Look, it's definitely lowered because even when the manager pulls you for 30 minutes and tells you, okay, I'm making this change, even if he tells you four days before, you're still disappointed and you're thinking about it when you get home. And hopefully that's what happened. Now, if he hears on a Friday night in the hotel and it's, you know, a bit of a case of I'm, I'm giving Westburg a game, yeah. then it is a big problem. And it's 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 not good at all for Alex Bono. But you'd like to think that Greg Vanny's managed this better than that because uh, a goalkeeper's confidence is always paramount when you're, you're chopping and changing between two. 
Yeah, and I just think the benefit of the doubt factor for him is, is lowered now because if he's in Friday and he makes a mistake, everyone's going to go, well, okay, well, we've got this other guy now. Yeah. Before, he was oblivious to many people. Yeah. Now now he's there and he's yeah. played. So it just, it, it, whether he's in Friday now or not, the pressure's on him. Definitely. No doubt about it. Yep. Um, uh, Tiger's on the green, I think. Tiger's on 17. He's on here. 17, yeah, okay. He's in the lead by two, I think. Is he? Yes. Well, we'll try and get this through to you before then. Uh, over to uh, Tiger's on the green. Everybody listening, there's no was the result yeah it's, they're going to enjoy that a little bit more uh, over to Shawnee with headlines thanks KJ uh, we're going to keep within MLS for the first little bit uh, Vancouver uh, continues to struggle with VAR as you said off the top uh, but came up with a point on the road uh, in a very ugly soccer match uh, so I have a question for you guys do you guys want to talk about VAR again or do you want to break down this match in a windy Friday night Chicago <laughs> I can't possibly break down this match again it was hard enough live KJ yeah, you did well mate yeah, you, you did an incredible job um, it was a terrible game of football. It's really, you know, MLS two. Sorry, relegation <laughs> battle MLS two. Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, let's so let's talk about the goal uh, that we're talking about. The big controversial Daniel Henry is a defender. Um, goes to defend the ball, makes his body a little bit bigger, opens his arms up a little bit. Ball hits arm. Game continues. Uh, about forty five seconds later the uh, video assistant referee makes a call to the referee in, in question and says, I think you should review this. It's a handball. At that point, the pictures of the home broadcast go to a substitution yeah. on for a number of times. We don't see what happened for a while. I don't even believe that the referee went to the monitor. And at that point, he, point, he points to the spot. We don't know that for sure, um, but that was what we know. And then we see a couple of very inconclusive replays that we would hope were not the only things that the VAR saw. Yeah. We've done some homework here. We put we tried to put some calls together. We haven't figured out too much, but it appears that the VAR would have seen video evidence that was not shown on the broadcast. So we're basically going into this a little bit blind, aren't we? We really are. We're, we're going it's already, in. sorry to interrupt, it's already an incredibly subjective rule. Yeah. The incident itself is incredibly subjective. We do not have too much evidence to say it. Although what we can say is what we saw, based on what we saw, the high threshold that Pro puts on its referees to whether it comes to overturning, I think we couldn't overturn it. It wasn't a clear and obvious error. Yeah. That's the best way to look at it. Yeah. Um, I'll try and let you know what I was thinking at live at the time, KJ, as, as there was terror coming through my voice because, you know, you're at the mercy of the pictures and they were inconclusive. And so I, I'm always trying to be uh, very clear on my opinion. I don't ever want to sit in a fence. And, and my opinion from what I saw was that there was no way it was a handball. But you're right that if, if the, the video-assisted referee came in and and ask the referee to, to, to change his opinion or go to the screen after seeing the pictures that we saw, then it was an absolutely ludicrous decision because there was not a uh, clear and obvious error there from the referee. It looked like it may have come off Daniel Henry's uh, chest. The only thing that suggests that, that, that it was his arm was the, the movement in the right arm as it kind of coiled back because of the, the impact of the ball. But... To me, the pictures that I was seeing, it, it did look like it was his chest and that arm potentially could have went back from the ball coming off the chest as well. Yeah. Maybe not quite as much as it did. I, just, I was just in an awful position. And, and, and let's let's talk about that. We've, we've mentioned that, but let's talk about now the rule. 
and the clarity or lack of surrounding the rule of handball in the box. And it's happening every, every, almost all the every time. time. I mean, we saw it Danny, Danny Rose in the Champions yeah. League. We saw it in our game on the Ridiculous. Premier League on the weekend when obviously there's controversy in the Cardiff game. Yeah. When the ball had the, 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 the Ben Mee twice, yep. you know, one w- looked like handball to us, wasn't given, one that wasn't looked yeah. like handball to us, was given and then was overturned <laughs> by the referee. So it's, it's, a, it's a convoluted rule. It's a scary um, point for the game of football. It's we're, we're a real, mm. a real worrying time for me, KJ, with the technology of, of video review. We both agree on it. We think it has to come in. There's, there's many rules that have become antiquated because of that technology. And this is, the biggest one and the most controversial because it happens in the box penalties are given and, and penalties are usually scored so it needs to be changed it needs to be clarified as every time it touches your hand in the ball in the box sorry a penalty kick is it if your hand's in an unnatural position is it if the ball's going towards the goal there's many factors that we need to decide yeah, on what, so what's decided here and to me if we are going to go in, I always think this is my opinion. I can only give that is that it's a handball if your your hands in an unnatural position. If the ball is going to seriously affect the goal, the goalkeeper, hard to tell if it's on target. But if you're looking at it, going okay, there's some pace on that. It's going towards the goal. It potentially could go in the back of the net. Then it's a handball. Anything else to me should not be given. Daniel Henry's hand in that instance was in a unnatural position, but to me, Katai's shot was never going to trouble Kripo uh, in the goals. It potentially wasn't even going to go on target because he was sort of hooking it over his shoulder. Yeah. And so, and that for that reason, and the distance between the ball and Henry Henry's arm has to be recognised was so close that to me it should never have been a penalty kick. Right. But that's only my opinion, KJ. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the rule states, fact or fiction, you know. Re- well, the fact it doesn't state right. fact or fiction. It's okay. open. That's the problem. It's open to interpretation so much that that's what it leads to. And, and look, it's just, it's a complicated situation. You did your best and that's all we can ask for. Uh, Montreal Impact had a busy week. Got four points out of six against DC United and the Columbus Crew, uh, all without their star Ignacio Piatti. Uh, is this Montreal team going to be a uh, team to be reckoned with in the East? I think they need Piatti back to be truly reckoned with in the East. Yeah. But it's been a decent week for them. You know, they defensively very very solid. First off, Columbus were the better side by a mile, but they're very. We talk about TFC defensive mindset. They do have it, and they're very comfortable with you having the ball, and yeah. they don't believe that you can break them down. They had that mishap seven one in Sporting Kansas City where they got away from that. They pressed a little bit, and it wasn't necessarily I thought a very intelligent game plan. No, but most of the time, I use that word again. They do have an intelligent. game game plan and they manage games well and they, they when they come under pressure they don't they've got a good goalkeeper in MLS and they don't wilt and I think that's an important characteristic it is a very important characteristic and I, I think that they they do need Ignacio Piatti to be truly dangerous on the break uh, that, that's obviously clear he's been such a talisman for them for a number of years now but I think that in a short-term basis, they can still win games without them just because of that defensive solidity. And, and they're a team that have many attributes, many things to like about them. And maybe we're heading towards what was 
obviously the best uh, two-legged series in, in MLS history of 2016 between TFC and Montreal Impact because wouldn't that be a, a terrific mm. game you have the defensive shape of the Impact the fragility defensively of TFC but the ability to open teams up and, yep. and attacks I, 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 it's not a crazy thing to think that the best two teams in the East are, are Montreal and TFC Right. I really I, I don't think that, that there's a lot between three or four teams but TFC and Montreal have the potential to get better and, and I like how Montreal go about their business I thought Lovitz was brilliant at the weekend Ritala was excellent PS just Solid. 7, 8 out of 10 every yeah. single game you know what you're going to get breaks things down Azera's starting to play better Ty Dare's a little bit hit and miss but he has a bit of creativity many things to like only thing I question is their depth we're seeing that with the absence of, of Piatti but um, a good team Speaking of death and the impact, uh, they're reportedly in talks to sign uh, Champions League star uh, Omar Brown. Thoughts on the uh, potential move? Well, I think that helps him too because yeah. he, he will be very good in, in talking about fitting in the profile of a team. That's perfect for them in a transition when they do, you know, he's rapid, he brings a good left foot. Uh, so a lot to like about the move. And I, and I think it's, I mean, it looks like he's already there. It looks like it's done. Yeah. And they, they need, that's the area they need strengthening in those wide areas. Yeah, they do need the, the, the quality in the wide areas. We were mentioning that when we did our, our impact special at the, the start of the season we felt that was one of the maybe a midfielder but one of the other positions was a wide guy uh, to replace um, the Uruguayan lad that left yeah Silva yeah Silva because um, he was he was playing a good game for them last season Brown is going to be exciting he's playing the opposite wing from Piatti and does a similar thing cuts mm-hmm. inside left footed not seen a great deal of him but lot to like from the, the TFC games and, 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 and the KC games. So uh, let's see how he settles in, but I think it'll be a good signing. Uh, Mark Anthony K scored his second goal of the season for LAFC uh, as his return uh, to c- continues to be a success. Uh, what is Mark Anthony K ceiling? Could he be an MLS All-Star? Yeah, I don't see why not. I think he's one of the best midfielders right now playing on the best team in Major League Soccer. So him and Atta Wester have a wonderful partnership. They do a, a lot of things ter- terrifically well. They work really well together. The work rate's exceptional between the two of them, but they've also got technical quality as well. Atta Wester's a real special player. Yeah. Um, but Mark Anthony Kay, he's got his goals from set pieces already this season. Got a good head on his shoulders. He isn't even at the level yet fitness-wise from his injury that he believes he's at. But, you know, he's just growing from strength to strength. And again, another example of a player in a good system and a very good team with a lot of confidence. Yeah, a lot of confidence and a lot of quality players round about him. You see that confidence growing week in, week out. Uh, Many things I like about his game. Powerful lad, good runner, starting to bring some goals into his game. Can can really marshal that midfield and and has a a nice left foot. And I like how nothing's too square and safe with him. He likes to play forward passes as well. And uh, I agree with you, KJ, that Atuesta and K is a, a very smart, powerful midfield, young, dynamic, and really is the base to a lot of successful things that happen for LAFC. Vela and Rossi and a Blessing played a sort of midfield position uh, last night at the weekend. He was terrific against Cincinnati. But they are the base to allow the more creative guys to go and, and, and work their magic. And I think they're, they're two of the best young players in MLS. I agree. Uh, the first uh, leg of the Champions League quarterfinals have come and gone. Uh, thoughts on the, the first leg? And then how do you feel going into the second leg? Uh, Liverpool 2, Porto no was uh, as comfortable as I thought it would be, although I thought Porto would give them a bit more of a game. Spurs 1, City nil. Let you go through these briefly yourself. Uh, as I said earlier, I thought Spurs were 
were very intelligent and I thought City were, were timid and it was a little bit away from their game plan. It'd be interesting to see whether Bernardo Silva, who started, who was on the bench today against Palace, can come in for a second leg because I think they'll need his legs. Yeah. Um, Ajax won, uh, Juventus won, uh, I believe, was the was the final score. I, I felt in that game that you like Ajax a little bit better than me. Yeah. I just thought in the end... I think you know. I think that the nous of Juve is going to get them through. I just and United no Barca one was just not an accurate reflection on the on the performance. <laughs> Let's be honest, Barca weren't great, but United were. By the way, United have looked terrible the last few games. They were terrible again against West Ham. But Barcelona, I think, are uh, they're on their way to a, their first semi final in four years. Yeah, uh, start with that one. Barcelona were were in second gear. They cruised it. Disappointing from Manchester United. I thought they'd have had more of a go. I thought they just accepted a 1-0 defeat at home at mm. Old Trafford. And maybe that tells you the, the golf and, and class between the two teams. I expect Barcelona to, to score two or three at the new Camp because it, it wasn't the best performance from Barcelona. I, th- I think they were shocked that Manchester United were so timid. So they I thought so. We'll, we'll reserve some energy here. Ajax Juventus, very interesting. I'm, I'm loath to... Go against Juventus, who would after that amazing performance against Atletico Madrid in, in the last round. But I think this is a really sticky one. I, I think they're playing maybe the worst team that they could play here right. at home in the, the second leg, even though they have the away goal and, and they have the draw from Amsterdam because Ajax don't care. They're so fresh and exciting and stick to their game plan, what they do. Could it be 4-0 to Juventus and Turin? Absolutely could I actually score three goals? I think so, KK. Right, I right. just think they're so exciting. So I don't know what to su- suggest with that one, but you would you would expect the experience just to get Juventus through. Uh, Spurs City was a weird game. Very tactical, very cagey. Two sides showing each other a lot of respect um, from the way that they're set up and, and obviously the quality of players that they have. I think Spurs just about did enough and that was more uh, the lack of ambition from City and, and the tentativeness from them. But... I think City will just go through and Liverpool-Porto was was like you said, KJ, very comfortable. And um, the only thing I think interesting about this game during the, the midweek is that how many changes will Klopp make? Mm. How bold will he be in terms of resting players? Because, you know, they're still playing in a quarterfinal of the Champions League against a side in Porto are there a lot of years and have experience. So I think he'll make some changes, but I think he might start pretty strong. Hope they get that away goal, then look to bring players off as the second half starts. Uh, moving on to CONCACAF, uh, the 2019 uh, Gold Cup draw happened this past week and Canada has drawn Mexico, Cuba and Martinique. They should get out of this group, correct? And if so, uh, how far can this uh, team go in the tournament? Yeah, I like the group because I think it gives us um, one true heavyweight, which yeah. is nice to have. And it's different from the United States, which is coming in the Nations League anyway. So it just, what a test to play against the Mexicans who are the best team by a mile in the CONCACAF region. Yep. Uh, so I don't expect them to get anything from that game. Nobody would, you know, that's, no. that's fine. So go in, go in like that and that's fine. And then the other two games you should win. I think they should beat them. Um, you know, you never know with... You know, I never, you never go into an international tournament thinking you should win, but you know what I'm saying. They'll, yeah. be, they'll be expected to win those games. So I, I like to see the fact that they'll have expectations on their hands to see what they're going to do with that. Uh, and after that, look, quarterfinals, you're right, Shawnee, that's going to be the bare minimum, I think, in terms of a requirement. And then we'll see what they can do um, against what will likely be Costa Rica in, in the semis, uh, sorry, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I, I think it's a perfect draw, KJ. I, I think that... 
John will be happy with the fact that they're playing Mexico and mm. getting a test and, and it's sort of like a free game isn't it mm. when it comes in the group stage so you know he'll have them set up and, and try and be difficult to beat and have a game plan of course for what is the best team in the CONCACAF region uh, the other games are never easy I think they're testy enough that'll be interesting Sean so that, that'll be good yes we expect them to come through we expect them to be second and then that's the, the key game probably Costa Rica in the quarterfinals. They need to win a big game. Mentioned this in the past, but they need to win a big game that actually matters to see a real progression with this team. Yeah, it'd be tough. I mean, the other thing is they've got maybe Mexico in the semis again, which is a real difficult quirk of the draw. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Like, I, why would they get them again? Is like, that you, right? Yeah, it's just, anyway. Um, <laughs> probably some good reasons behind that I don't want to talk about here. Uh, we're still asking you to send in your Premier League best 11. Thanks so much for everyone for sending them in. We are starting to, one of us starting to put together our one top of us. 50. Uh, Stevie will get to his um, at uh, some point. Know, <laughs> okay. If you haven't sent in yours yet, send them via Twitter using hashtag AskAFP and we will have a chance. And you'll get a chance to win some KJ and Cobol merch. Sean, what is the best one that you've seen from this week? So there's a couple I got this week. Matthew just sort of mailed it in, but I appreciate it. Uh, he wants to clone Virgil van Dijk and then and just go with an 11-0 formation, focusing on defense. Oh, really? Yeah. Big virgin that. And, 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 and up front? <laughs> yeah, and up front. Okay. Uh, and then Koss put in a uh, a reasonable one, playing in 4-4-2 with Allison and Nett, Robertson, Laporte, uh, van Dijk, and Trent Alexander-Arnold with Hazard, uh, Decoure, uh Silva and Sterling, and then Aguero and Salah up front. It's not a no bad team. It's not reasonable. Sorry, you can't have Eden Hazard, <laughs> David Silva, Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero, Mo Salah in the team. Not a lot of defending. Sorry, is I'm sorry, it doesn't fit with five, my four, requirements. Four, five, three, that <laughs> it looks like it. a bit like of an MLS best eleven. Am I right? Paul decore has got to do a lot of running, hasn't he? <laughs> Paul he's not exactly a deep. He's not even a defender. Every credit cost. It's a nice team. It started off great. Back four and goalkeeper. Uh, pretty, probably a Liverpool fan. It looks really nice. Um, but yeah, after that, mm, sorry, not having that. Uh, it's too many attackers. You've got to put somebody in there with a bit of end, bit of legs. Um, yeah, Tiger Woods is coming down the 18th. He's going to win this, isn't he? Yeah, he's actually just laid up. And so I guess he can get a, a I think bogey. Kepka missed. Did he? So like, I don't know who's closest to him. I don't think there's anybody. I've been half concentrating on this show. Yeah, so. but he is. Uh, he's got this done, and it's, it's just like uh, golf pod- an amazing day. It's like I'm golf gonna- podcast. You know, I always like listening to golf on the radio because you know, like when it's yeah, really close, it's great. And it? you go it's to fun. the guy on the green. I know we're going on a tangent here. Sorry, you go to the guy on the green, and um, he can't speak very loud, and he's like, "It's amazing." Tiger Woods has a putt for, for bogey here, nine foot away, and it's like the whispers, and it's a great. It increases the drama. <laughs> the it? drama is there. You know what? crescendo and then he goes uh, strikes the putt and you wait for the crowd reaction I can remember listening to the golf driving back from uh, from Scotland to right. Newcastle I think it was a Ryder Cup I think it was actually the Ryder Cup where Leonard sunk the putt oh yeah yeah they were and on they the green all the and ran on the field yeah, yeah. And, but I don't know if it was that <laughs> moment disgusting we were, I was driving back KJ and it's yeah. so much more dramatic yeah oh, the whispering amazing. and talking about the putt and trying to visualise it it was amazing yeah I've so been to a couple of that. British Opens try that sometime I've been to a couple of British Opens and actually we we all went as lads and we actually had radios on walking around listening yeah. to the radio so you know where to go Brilliant. so you can go oh you know follow who's follow on who's on who's hot exactly yeah so over to you Shorty for hashtag ask AFP 
AskAFP. So if you want to ask us anything about golf or soccer, <laughs> uh, use hashtag AskAFP. Uh, we'll start with Tim. Uh, he asks if you both feel that top teams in in the sport, in any league, uh, get a uh, get a better rub of the green. Rub of the green? Yeah. Rub of the green? <laughs> oh, oh perfect Sean. timing. Well done, like uh, better yeah. rub of the green if... Uh, from the officials in general terms, uh, do you think the the foot of the table get a fair shake? Oh, uh, what a question that is. Um, it's loaded. <laughs> it is loaded. I don't know about whether it comes down to a bias over teams at the bottom. I don't know. Do we feel that top teams in any sport get a rubber? I would say that some officiating in some other sports is absolutely atrocious compared <laughs> to our sport. Yeah. And our sport gets a lot of like people battering referees, but some of the officiating in these NBA games or these NHL playoff yeah, it's games, awful, it's just it? off the, I was yep. watching a baseball game the other night where the, the home plate umpire just deliberately changed his home plate, his, his strike zone because he had an argument with the, with the manager <laughs> and he struck out a guy and, a, and looking at the pitch and he changed the game and he wasn't even close. So that's what I would say. I, I think the officials in our sport that we're covering here on this podcast, not golf. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, is this a football podcast? I think it is. I don't know. I forgot what we're doing now. But Tigers yeah. getting close to winning the Masters. I mean, who saw that coming? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you, KG. I, I think sports, one of the, uh, soccer, sorry, is one of the hardest sports to uh, officiate as well. It's yeah. so dynamic. Some of the offside decisions that the assistant referees get right it's yeah. absolutely incredible, and isn't it? I don't think it comes down to like one no. team thinking These lower guys than are not like, biased. No. Listen. They've got enough to do, haven't they? We've had discussions with Howard in the past. Howard yeah. Webb, one of the best referees of all time, certainly British referees. And, uh, you know, you go through like 10 years to get to that kind of level. Why would you be biased? You yeah. know, it's it's ridiculous. It's I, I don't agree with that at all. Are they influenced by personalities and figures in the game, shirts, teams, I think it's only natural. I think we sort of all are, but I don't think they do it on purpose by any stretch of the imagination. And I think by the end of a season or over a long period of time, Sean, yep. it evens itself out. Uh, Sven Den asks, uh, Frankie de Young and uh, Matthias De Ligt are IX youngsters who were talked about the most. But what about Donny uh, Van de Beek, uh, who's been huge in the midfield? Thoughts on uh, what may hold for his future? I think he's a fantastic player. Great question. And I think he's one of the best players to come out of that team. What a signing he'd be, by the way, for somebody. Works so hard. Too, great with two feet. Great vision. Um, big fan of his. And boy oh boy another example why the Dutch are going to be formidable in the Euros yeah terrific question because we, we both love him and I know he's a wee bit under the radar because of Frankie de Jong and, and De Ligt but he is terrific he does everything really well gets forward well drifts into good areas can put the ball in the back of the net I don't know where he ends up I, I always hope England I just think Premier League's dynamic and it might suit his style of play but a wonderful player and, and, and someone who's going to go for a lot of money yeah. as are most guys in the squad Fair by the question. way it's probably a 500 million quid team there Ajax have with, with the number of talent that they have and you think even the guy Neres who scored against yeah. Juventus he's one of the, the kind of tier two ones he's about 40 or 50 million uh, paging Dr. Caldwell, Chris asks, <laughs> is Kane's ankle injury something Spurs need to be worried about going forward? Uh, should they try to convince him not uh, to skip National League? Uh, Nations, Nations League, League yeah. sorry, and rest him until August. Uh, yeah, I think they will be trying to convince him of that, no doubt, because when you start to injure the same ankle or knee or even hamstring muscle, 
a number of times it becomes an issue and uh, uh, just think back to the, the amazing Marco Van Basten and yeah. his problems with his ankles and with, with injuries I think or was it the back of his Achilles it was something that just kept getting hurt and hurt and with an ankle it, it, it doesn't really go away so uh, yeah very worrying that, that he keeps picking up the same thing and I think Spurs will be concerned about that not a lot you can do though once it gets damaged Sean you've got to just keep going and wrapping it up and trying to protect it but a way that, that Harry Kane play, plays you know how can you stop that you you need him to stay wholehearted and, and committed otherwise he's, he's going to take away a lot of what makes him great a uh, friend of the podcast Brendan Dunlop asks uh, what do you think of players that wear short sleeve shirts and gloves it's like something he would wear <laughs> he also wears snoots and charity yeah, games oh remember yeah, yeah. so uh, I would imagine that you've never wore gloves in your professional career would I be right uh, yes I think so um we always, my kids always ask me this, they're obsessed with it. Uh, the boys think, you know, because I tell them I never wore an Under Armour. Right. And I wore it in one game at Burnley. It was atrocious conditions. <laughs> and you, you played in imagine. a lot of bad I conditions. Wore a long, you played in snow. Yeah, and- a long one, KJ. It was right. up to here and it was really wet. Up I don't neck, think yeah. I wore gloves. No, I, don't I really don't, I but I might it. have because it was, right. it was horrible. And it was pointless actually wrapping up because it was it was so wet. Yeah. The minute you fell, you were just like a stone heavier because of the, the, the wet of the shot. Right. So right. it was actually better to wear less, but it was cold. Yeah. So right. I don't think so, no. No, I'm not having them. Don't uh, like it. <laughs> Thomas, uh, on the basis of your Zlatan conversation last week, uh, what is your take on a standing ovation for an incredible performance from an away player? An example he gave was uh, Ronaldo's standing ovation uh, in a Champions League match. Yeah, I think that's a good example. I'm trying to think, would I ever give a standing ovation for a, an opposing player? It's tough. If you're really into that team, yeah, I think it's tough, mate. Uh, I mean, the Zlatan 500 goal was an exception. You know, yeah. I think that MLS, these ones over here, it's a little bit difficult because fans are still a big fan of these players. They're, they're superstars. And yeah. over here, that like, you know, these guys are world stars. So, and you're still falling in love with the team. So the, the, the trend is going up a little bit towards your love for the team that you're supporting and you the, the players has always been there. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I understand there's last on one of the 500, but I didn't, the, the Vancouver stuff last week, I just thought it got out, a little bit got out of hand. It was just, I mean, I understood what Felipe meant from a player at yeah. half time, but yeah. I just felt at the end of the day, as we covered it last week, that was the, that was the key. I think when there's a moment like Ronaldo or, or Zlatan 500 or, yeah, uh, I remember I was at St. James's a while, a long time ago, when Michael Owen was breaking into the Liverpool team, he scored a hat trick in the first half. You yes. remember that one, KJ? Yes. And there was a, there was a lot of clapping. Um, stand innovation was a bit strong, but there was certainly a moment where people recognized we're watching a true superstar emerge onto the, the, the Premier League stage. Um, and so I get the spontaneous moments, but I know why Felipe was mad and not to go over it again, but it was because it was just a constant buzz around every time Zlatan touched the ball. I don't like that. Yeah. I like it when there's a moment, if it's an opposition player and you recognize that was greatness to maybe have a little bit of clap or you hear a kind of murmur in the stadium. I'm okay with that. Speaking of greatness. Speaking of greatness, Tiger, Tiger was just won the Masters. So Unbelievable. You know, we just sacrificed our time watching the Masters during the show. So I, I apologise for everybody out there who stuck with us all the <laughs> way through. People who hate golf. That hate golf. That are listen that to football. about football. We do apologise for that. And um, we will not end on the Masters. Uh, please make sure to subscribe, rate and review. We are going to start reading them all on air. So send them in. Um, try Axton. Is that how you say? 
here, Shawnee? I think so. He said this week, five stars, quality, knowledge, passion, and detail. That's oh, what KJ and Coldwell offer. Amazing coverage of the Premier League and MLS. These guys know the game and they know broadcasting. A must listen for any football fan living in North America. Wow. That is really, Thank really you. kind. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thanks, Frank. We appreciate, we appreciate the kind words. Um, next week, uh, we're back on next weekend. Lots of games to cover. And until then, we promise next week we'll not talk golf. Uh, we will talk <laughs> about the Premier League race, more stuff in the Major League Soccer, and maybe some more chat about clubs. Until next yes. week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.